Have you been looking for your keys to success? You have found the best place to start. We will hear from professionals on different keys to success in building huge careers in and outside the mortgage industry. These conversations that each person will share their experience will allow you to hear nuggets on finding your keys to success. I'm your host, Sue Meitner, so let's get started and grab your keys. Welcome to Grab Your (laughs) Keys. Uh, We were having some technical difficulty. I'm super excited to have everyone here today, but especially Alicia. She is a great friend of mine. 1% of loan officers in the United States based on production, which is huge. I can't wait to hear what her keys to success are because you know that this is the podcast that talks about how people have their keys to success and what they are. So if you think we're bringing value, please do not hesitate to share this podcast with your friends, to tell them about it, and to write a review. We would greatly appreciate it. So Alicia, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. So you're coming to us from Boulder, Colorado. I am. I am. And um, so the world and the market is going through lots of different changes right now. But let's go back in time and tell us how you got into the mortgage business. Well, it was not a direct route. Let me give you that. Um, I started in college in the landscape architecture department, and then I realized I couldn't draw. Um, And you you have to be an artist to be in the landscape architecture department. So I ended up in horticulture, and I actually graduated with a degree in horticultural therapy, which is using plants as a medium to help individuals through, uh, you know, as emotional support. It's similar to dance therapy, art therapy, music therapy, but I ended ended up getting out of the field because I didn't feel it was as effective a medium as those others. And so then I just became a social worker for about 10 years working with developmentally disabled adults. And at the end of that career, uh, I was pretty crispy fried. I mean, it's hard to be a social worker. Um, There's no money. It's a lot of hours. It's life and death. And so I decided to leave the industry and I went back to what I grew up listening to. My mom was a real estate agent when I was a kid and my parents were divorced. And so the two of us would sit at the kitchen table and she would talk to me about points and septics and contracts. And so I decided, yeah, exactly. And so it was, it was what I was used to. And so I ended up deciding to go on the mortgage side because, well, for two reasons. One, I had a a lab who was always filthy wet and I could not keep a clean car. So I decided I probably shouldn't be driving clients around. And then also I just really liked the numbers. I had purchased my first house as a social worker. It had subsidized my career. Um, Basically, I would pull money out to be able to survive the low wages I was receiving as a social worker. And so I just saw the benefit of home ownership. So I ended up going that route and getting into the business in 2002. Yeah, that's fantastic. So 2002 to now, top 1% of loan officers in the United States, amazing feat. How, How, like, what are your three keys to success? Like, what are they? Tell us your magic sauce. Well, I don't think I have a magic sauce, but I did talk to my husband the other day because sometimes it's helpful to ask other people like what they see as what your items of success were. And And my husband's first comment was, I married well. And he was kidding, 
Um, but actually he was, he was right. I mean, I've known for a long time I married well, but, <laughs> but he was, he was right in the point of having a team around you. I don't have, there's no Alicia Alpenfels team. I don't have loan officers under me. I don't have um, processors designated to me or loan officer assistants de designated to me, but I have a, a group of people around me that support me and hold me up and keep me moving forward. And I think that's one of the biggest keys to success that I've had. I mean, my husband, when our kids were younger, he was the primary caregiver because he realized that there was a lot of potential and that he needed just to let me have some time to get there. So he was a huge team player and still is a huge team player in my career. And yeah. then I'm so at a Let's talk about that for one second, if you don't mind me interrupting you just a yeah, little bit. So please. how many children do you have? I have three. I have 13-year-old twin boys and a 15-year-old. And so when I was really just kind of getting started in the mortgage industry, I had three kids that were 17 months apart. And so we were really busy. Uh, and then at some point in there, my husband decided to get his doctorate. So we were super, super busy. Um but yeah, they're really close in age. They're great age now, but it was hard when I was trying to build my career. Right. So how did you juggle that? Because it's really a juggling act. I know your husband was active in, you know, being there all the time, but mom has to be there some of the time too. And, you know, he's getting his doctorate at different times. How does that, how do you, how did you juggle? How did you not go crazy? Oh, I think we lost our minds a little bit, but it was, it was a lot of late nights. Like we would put the kids to bed and then we would both sit on the couch or sit wherever and work for three or four hours. He would be studying for his doctoral program and I was building the business. And we probably did that for three or four years where that was kind of our routine was focus on the family when they're awake. And then the minute those little kids go to sleep, get back to work and get back into it. Wow. That is amazing. And that's how you built the business that you built. Uh, and so, so number one was have a team around you being your family, your husband and the people that you can count on. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I really feel, Oh, I'm sorry. Did I interrupt you? No. Um, I heard something. Um, I really feel like working with colleagues that support you is also key. I mean, I've worked for a lot of great mortgage companies, but the company I work for now, again, I don't have any designated staff that just work with me, but we as a collective group, everybody is game on. Everybody's whole intent is to make the process as easy it is as it can be for the next person down the line. For me, the closer, the underwriter, the borrower, especially. And that makes a huge difference to be around people that want to do a good job every day. Right. That's truly amazing. Um, and it's great that you, how do you recognize and appreciate those people around you? You know, we do a lot of team uh, team things together. Um, for a long time, you know, we've been sitting at home for the last two years and we're trying to be around each other more, come into the office on Tuesdays and Thursdays so that we can see each other and enjoy each other, um, have lunches together. We're gonna do a, a kickball tournament in a couple weeks in costume. Just go out and have some fun. Right, right. Yeah. So what's the second key to success? You know, the second th key for my success, I really feel like has been able to build client relationships. And, and what do you mean by that? 
Well, I, you know, I rarely do an online application. The only time I really do an online application is if I've got somebody who's applying for a, a local program for, for the Boulder Affordable Housing Program. It's a very um, detailed program. They want an application from me. They want an application from the borrower. So that's really the only time I have a borrower do an online application. And it's solely so that I can match up that information correctly. Otherwise, I really want to get on the phone and I really want to talk to borrowers. I found I have a much better capture rate if I get on the phone and I spend 30, 20 to 30 minutes chatting with somebody because I ask them questions. I want to know what it was like to be a doula. I want to know what their career is like, what their hopes and dreams are. And, and I think it allows me to have a closer relationship with them where they feel like they know me. Right. That's important, uh, definitely important. Uh, and I think it's everyone has to decide what's best for them. But oh, yeah. I do uh, agree that when I've taken a mortgage application and a problem comes up, I'm able to solve it faster because I can't because I know what the file looks like because it's in my head. Absolutely. So when you've asked all those things, you know, you you know, you know, them. like you not only know them to develop the relationship, but, you know, the file inside out and backwards and you can recall things faster, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I think just versus just kind of reviewing, I mean, we can all review a 1003 really quickly and say, oh, there's this money in this account and there's, you know, they have this work history. But having that 20 to 30 minutes on the phone with somebody, I like, like you said, I just remember it so much better and clearer and I can get to problems faster. And I also know how to relate to somebody better when there is a problem. Um, as you know, I can be pretty direct. Um, in my communication. And so, um, you know, it allows me to have a more honest relationship with somebody if I've spent that 20 to 30 minutes chatting with them. I even pre-pandemic, I didn't do a lot of in um, the office meetings. I did a lot of phone calls. And that's just always been a really successful avenue for me to connect with people. Yeah, that's great that you recognize that and know that that's one of your strengths. And, and I think that that's amazing. I do think that that's amazing. And as I said, everybody does things differently and they have to find out what their system and process works best for them. Yeah. So we have team, we have relationships and developing relationships with online, with not doing online applications, but really getting to know the client. Um, what's the third? You know, for me, it's product knowledge. Um, I think it's my job as a mortgage expert to know the products that are out there. Uh, we just did a border income on Home Ready last week that, you know, for the first time in my 20 year career, has that actually ever worked to use border income? But just knowing that that product was out there, knowing the jumbo products, one, it helps when I'm in those phone calls with my borrowers, but it also allows me to be more creative and then in Colorado, the cost of living is so expensive out here that we have a lot of people that reach out to us wanting to do this Boulder Affordable Housing Program or wanting to do a program called CHAFA, which is called, stands for Colorado Housing Finance Authority. And there's a lot of age, a lot of lenders who don't want to do either of those products. And so they simply refer them on to other people. Well, I've probably done a handful of both in the last couple of years. So it's not a big book of my business, but being able to talk to the clients about those products and being able to say the pros and cons of those 
products allows them to make decisions. And then most often they just go with market rate products and then we're back into Fannie Freddie 3% down. But if I didn't know those products and if I was closed off to knowing those products, I would lose a lot of business. Right. And I think that you hit the nail on the head when you're like, give the buyers the offer, uh, the options. Yeah. And let them know what their options are to make educated decisions. So you're pretty much being a social worker as a mortgage person. You're giving people their options. You're hearing what they're saying. You're giving them product knowledge and what their what their opportunities are to build wealth. And, you know, you're there for them and they trust you. Absolutely. And I really come from an educational um, perspective when I'm when I'm working with clients. Like I had a client the other day who was said, oh, my mom's going to give me 20 percent down. Well, he qualified for home ready and 20 percent down on a condo was a pretty ugly interest rate. But 19.9 percent down on a condo home ready was decent. I mean, relatively. So great that you're saying that because people do not they think the more money they put down, the better the interest rate. When we're seeing that sometimes when you're putting less money down, it's actually a better interest rate. Well, absolutely. But for me just to say to him and just do a blanket statement of, oh, I, I don't want you to put the whole 20% down. And instead, I'm going to have you pay mortgage insurance. There's going to be somebody that he's chit-chatting with who's going to say, be it his mom, his coworker, whoever, who's going to say, why did you pay mortgage insurance? And so I took the time to kind of explain to him and say, hey, here's 19.9% down. Here's 20% down. This is why I'm going to have you pay mortgage insurance for a little while. And, and not that they need to understand the borrower if they don't want to they don't they don't need to understand every nuance but man i really want them to kind of understand some of the basic concepts so that when they're talking to somebody six months from now they feel good about the decisions they made they decided to pay mortgage insurance because of this and they may not remember the exact whys but they know that i wasn't just being shady or anything like that i was really trying to do what was right and educating them on that Right. I, I agree. I, I love that. I love everything that you just said. I think everyone should like write it down and remember it uh, for sure. Who, who do you admire? You know, I, I was thinking about that because I, I knew that you were going to ask me that question. Um, you know, there's obviously I have a, a tremendous um, respect for my colleagues, for this group of people that you are a part of that I adore and and love seeing and learning from. But you know who really rocks my boat is my borrowers who are trying to do better for themselves and their families and they're working hard and they're getting raises and they're building their self-employment businesses. That's who really I get excited for and who I really, at the end of the day, admire. Like I had a client just a few months ago email me out of the blue. She doesn't need to purchase. She doesn't need to refi, but she just was excited because she just got a promotion and she just shot me an email saying, hey, I just wanted to let you know, I just got this huge promotion and here's my new income. Yeah. How cool is that? You know, that's great because we have to ask so many questions to people that they feel uncomfortable telling us, like, how much money do you make? How much money? What's your FICO score? How much money do you have in the bank? What's your social security number? You know, how old are are you? And then they, they don't get to tell people that that much. So if they have a trusted relationship with you and they get really fantastic news, it's great that they're comfortable to be like, Hey, I'm a rock star. Look, I just got a raise of whatever it was. And they're super excited and you're the outlet for that. That's amazing. And I, 
think it's great that we're able to admire the people who we help so much build wealth and and be part of their lives. Absolutely, because they're working really, really hard. And I mean, I, that's one of the things I love about our business is we don't see everybody every day. Like we don't see them every year, but they touch base and we get them maybe when they're first time home buyers and then we get them when we get they get married and then we get them again when they're upgrading because the kids are crawling. You know, we get them at snippets of their lives. And as you your career extends, um, I'm now getting the kids, you know, the, know, the kids. Yeah. And it's so much fun. And the kids are having babies and the kids are getting married. And all of a sudden I'm realizing that I know these families really well. And I may not have ever, I've got one family that's in Parker, which is probably 60 or 70 miles from here. I've never met any of them just because of the sheer distance, but I've worked with three kids and the parents. And I feel like you know them. Yeah. And one just got married and I sent a wedding gift. You know, it's those kind of connections that um, feed my soul. And then those kind of emails where, hey, Alicia, just wanted to let you know, I just got a promotion. Yeah. How awesome. It makes you feel good inside. Right. And, and, And that's why we all do what we do, because we want, you know, to help others and feel and feel good. Um. What other profession, if you were not, you talked about what you started to do and then how you ended up to be a mortgage person. Like, let's say it's crazy. What other profession would you do if you weren't a mortgage person? You know, I think I'd go back to my social work roots in some in some aspect, um, certainly not the level that I was. It was really life and death what I was doing before. But um, my husband wants to create a peace institute, which sounds very Boulder ish, mm-hmm. um, but it's not really quite that. He's a high school teacher and he wants to create create like a leadership program that's geared towards high school kids to kind of teach them how to be future leaders uh, and have like artists in residence and poets and you know, people in residence that we learn from. And so I think if I really, if we had an opportunity to really develop that, I think that would be where we would go is really trying to create this um, program for these young adults who are going to lead our future and teach them how to be leaders in this world. That's fantastic. We um, are taking questions. So if anyone has any questions, you can put it in the comments and I'll filter them in between my questions. So um, Chelsea asked, what advice would you give to a young loan officer breaking into the industry? Um, So when I got into the industry, I emailed every or I had a database of every single person that I knew, all friends, because I didn't have any clients. And I started to reach out to them. I marketed it. I I created marketing pieces for them. I built my education. You know, I educated them on the market. And what was really fun was there was probably 60 people on this database. And slowly this database went from 60. I had it labeled as friends and family. And slowly it, it went down to like 20 people because I started to move all those people over to my client database. So I would say don't be um, shy to reach out to your existing database or your existing group of friends just to start to work with them and develop yourself as an expert in the field. And then the other advice that I have is, you know, when you're targeting working with real estate agents, be authentic and, and try to go after the people you like. There's a, there's a lot of 
um, push for us just to go out to every single person we can ever make eye contact with. And at the end of the day, you may or may not like that person. So try to really gravitate towards the people you like and try not to let that fear and panic set in that you've got to like everybody and you've got to work with everybody and instead just really be true to who you are and and gravitate towards those people that you like and that's going to save you a ton of time i mean i spent years trying to you know make that round circle fit in the square hole and and it it didn't work until i finally was just being honest with myself that these weren't people that were probably the right fit for me how much interaction do you have with your realtors? Like, what do you do for your realtors and with your realtors? You know, I How try to find your people you like. Uh, to find the people that I like? <laughs> well, I kind of have the luxury now of having been in the business long enough that I've, I have those people that I like that I've been friends with for, for years and we've been colleagues for years. But, you know, I think when I have like a buy, like I recently had um, a, a sale a bar a buyer purchase property and i loved the listing agent and we hung up and we were like wow we really like we just connected and it was awesome and so i cultivated that and and our, and i'm sending her information and i i've done that with recent people since covid that it's the people that you're meeting on either side of the transaction that if you really like them and you feel like it's a good fit pursue pursue those relationships. And then with the existing database, I just try to call them on a regular basis and kind of check in, say hi. Um, I, I, that is not a strength that I am actually good at. I really need a reason to call somebody because I feel like I'm just wasting right. their time. But if I've got a topic about the 2-1 buy down or appraisal caps or loan limits or anything that I think could be helpful, then I try to pick up the phone and give them a call. Yeah. Where, um, what are you doing? And this is a little bit off the questions, but it just came to me, if you don't mind me going off script a little bit for you, because Please. I tend to go off script with everyone. So <laughs> uh, it's whatever comes into my head. So what are you doing to prepare for the last quarter of 2022 and 2020 and for the year of 2023? If anything, I'm, I'm trying to really go back to the clients and make sure the clients, like I moved mortgage companies a little under two years ago, and I thought I did a really good job with the um, communication and connecting with people and marketing and things like that. And then just this in July, I had two clients that reached out to me and they'd had a really hard time finding me. So even though I felt like I had done a really good job and somebody should know where I am, they couldn't remember. They had forgotten I'd moved companies. They reached out to the old company. Thankfully, nobody responded. So they kept looking for me. Um, but I'm going to kind of go back to basics and start marketing again to that database, make sure they know where I am because they do want to move. They do need cash out. They do need, they need us, even though it feels, even though the market's so slow. So I just want to make sure they know exactly where I am. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I do think that constantly keeping up with your past client database is vital um, in the next quarter and in, into next year. And, you know, making sure people know what's going on in the marketplace, because there's so much incorrect information out there. And, you know, you're such an expert giving them coming straight from the expert is so important. 
Oh, well, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think I, I, you know, I didn't really know what to do. This is a really hard market right now. And, but I just feel like that's a really good key step is to make sure my clients know where I am, make sure they haven't forgotten and connect with them, educate them, reassure them that this will be fine. And then also just kind of having those phone calls with the agents and, and I just do a lot of listening because there's a lot of scared agents out there right now. This is a tough market for them right. and making sure I'm there for them as well. That's so great. So what's in Alicia's future? Well, as we speak, my 15 year old is getting her driver's permit. It, oh, that's her, exciting. Her started exactly at the time of our podcast. And you have no gray hair. So I know. Thank goodness I color on a regular basis. Um, so, you know, I've got these two 13 and 15, and the 13 year olds and a 15 year old, and they are keeping us busy. And so, you know, for the for the near future, I really feel like it's making sure that I'm balancing work and life. Um, it has slowed down enough that there's no reason why I can't have that. And I'm also really appreciating how ridiculously fast this time is going. Um, I mean, even just the last year of knowing that she was going to be getting her permit soon and all of a sudden today she's getting her permit. You know, it's it's exciting, but it's also a, it's it's. I'm very aware of time right now. And so I'm just kind of really kind of trying to focus on making sure that balance is really healthy and that I'm spending time focused on, you know, productive work, but then also really making sure I'm spending some time with the kids. Yeah. I, that work-life balance is, is hard to juggle and balance, which we oh. talked about before, but it is, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. And, um, but it's possible. And as long as you realize that you're not a perfectionist and don't have to be a perfectionist, then, it's, then, then it's good. Uh, so uh, I have a last question Please. is, um, I know the, uh, hi Alicia, I know the Denver Boulder is rapidly growing, but how would you for coach first time home buyers in such a competitive market? That was a question somebody asked. Somebody asked, Remy asked it, yep. Um, so how would I- Want me to read it again? No, it's okay, I'll just okay. summarize. So they were just asking like how I would coach a first time home buyer. Mm -hmm. You know, I am passionate in this market that they need, the first time home buyers need to get in no matter what they need to do to get in. Um, I, I don't feel like anybody should wait for the market to come down, for interest rates to come down. They simply need to get in the market because there's no signs in our market that those prices are going to go down yeah. at all. I mean, we've, we've flattened a little bit just because the market's so slow. So I would recommend that they, I mean, I would tell them this isn't their dream home. They're not dry, buying their dream home. They're buying their first home. And that they need to go with Chaffa. They need to go with a local affordable home program. Probably Chaffa, though, would be best to be able to get in the market with minimum down and just simply treat it as the first step and that they'll be able to bounce to a more desirable home later in the next couple of years. Yeah. Great advice. Alicia, thank you so much for being here. Grab your keys. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you as a person. I appreciate you as my friend. Thank and you. I'm so honored to, you know, learn from you every day with everything that you do. And you make um, being a mortgage person special because you're really helping people. And um, 
you know, you're just a rock star and I admire you for everything that you do. So thank you so much for being on Grab Your Keys. Everybody be on the lookout for the next Grab Your Keys. We have amazing people on, just like Alicia, giving their keys to success. Comment, like, share, and I look forward to seeing you next time on Grab Your Keys. Thanks, Sue. It was fun.